Welcome to another episode <laughs> of the Dibley Jobless Cricket Podcast. As always, I am your main host, Shalom. And as always, I am joined by the ugly one of the pairing, <laughs> the director, the producer, the dinner lady, the shoe shiner. <laughs> You've got harsh. You've got harsh this evening, I have to say. But yeah, I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> that's just because you mocked me before the cricket podcast. <laughs> What did I say? You, you basically questioned my, you know, my hosting gig. You know, told me that it's going from one screen to another. Just because I usually muck up every single time. There's no need to, to be so personal about it. 90% of the time you muck up every time. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andrew tries to give you a little gold dick, I've got a Mercedes Impala. Andrew's paying his way, honestly. Have you seen the price of everything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, burning the house down is cheaper than paying your energy bills. <laughs> I mean, your shoes like, totally out the window. <laughs> I wasn't even banking on that. It's still cheaper. <laughs> anyway, tonight's episode, Andrew, what are we going to be talking about next? Scottish cricket, and lots of it in various different ways. I mean, we do claim to be a Scottish cricket podcast, so it's good that we're talking about Scotland. Yeah. I haven't even got one. Uh, Notice that, yeah. It's actually quite warm, and I'm now regretting that I've got a hoodie on because that radiator is on. It's oh, quite warm. Excellent. So, yeah. My house is always way too warm because I'm used to the kind of tropical heat. Yeah. Nah, Something like that. You came out with some weird clinger left. <laughs> anyway, yes. So, first thought uh, an announcement from Cricket Scotland today. Uh, interim women's head coach has been appointed, yep. uh, and Peter Ross. Uh, has been appointed as the interim head coach. Until the interim, well, until the ICC women's qualifier, is it? The qualifier? Um, end of September, we roughly think it'll be announced. Yeah. Um, the next tournament, that's terrible. Good job we don't pretend to be serious, shall we? <laughs> Yeah, it's 10 o'clock at night, so yeah. excuse the time of day. A reasonable hour, yeah. But in our defence, we did have an interview, which will be later on in the episode, and that's part of the reason why. So Indeed. It's, um, it's all your fault, Andrew. Yeah. So, yeah, Pete Ross, he was assistant head coach. Uh, yeah, until 2020, I yep. think. So, yeah, he's been in around the setup, um, even younger than us. Is he? Yes, he is even younger than you. Than you is. Uh, Not by much, though. No, no. Um, his brother James and I would, well, and you would obviously be, I assume, about sort of school years old if we want to go back to those times. Um, so, yeah, I played cricket with Peter, so know him a little bit. But um, And actually, it's quite good to see a young coach. Yeah, definitely. Because a lot of these interim things are actually like experienced guys that we kind of get in to be like, well, you told the fort just now. Um, and plus, in being in the job till the end of September pretty mean, much means I'll done as much work as Mark Holt anyway. So, that's, uh, that's alright. But, yeah, so he's been there around the setup. I think it's a pretty good appointment. Um, Peter also does director of cricket at Heriot's, plays for Heriot's. Um, 
There's a lot of other coaches. I've seen over the women's big bash and things like that in the past. Yeah, has his own. Him and his brother have a coaching, sort of consultancy type business yeah. as well. So, loads of experience for someone fairly young. Um, yeah. Yeah. All the best to him. Wish I had that much experience. That'd be good. Yeah. Did you not mention that you did the initial coaching badges alongside him? I, I didn't know this, but um, yeah, I mean, some people go on some different paths. Yeah. So I Run your own race, all that sort of stuff, yeah? yeah? I, I host the second rate cricket podcast. So second rate, you're being generous. Um, look, we've moved up in the world, Andrew. We're better than when we started. So I'm yeah. only second rate. Okay. So. But yeah, so good appointment for Cricket Scotland. More Cricket Scotland, Andrew. More Cricket Scotland. Scottish Cup. Scottish Cup. Well, I can't be the Challenge Cup because even though that draw should be out. Um, no. Yeah, so Scottish Cup draw was announced yesterday. Um, and obviously we are going We're going to focus more on the SPCU as we come into the summer. Yep. Um, so we've sort of picked out the ties that the eight SPCU clubs who have entered the Scottish Cup um, have got. Oh dear. Yeah. Wow. And that's why we're not as good as second rate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, a biggie early in the draw. Our broth against four for sure. That's I don't come much bigger than that in Scottish cricket, to be fair. No, they don't. I, don't. I would argue in this region, they don't come bigger than that at all. Um, Aberdeen, some Aberdeen clubs might argue against that but I would say this is the biggest rivalry in the area so big one for round one um, yeah uh, the winner of that tie will play Stonywood Dice in the second round Stonywood Dice got a bye yep um, so all SPCU on that part of the bracket yep uh, Fruki they got a bye uh, through the first round and will play the winner of Aberdeenshire uh, another SPCU club against Drumpelier yep so that could be an, that could be an SPCU yeah, I mean, a tough tie for Aberdeenshire, but they have got the home advantage, and I mean that's. Tire them out. Well, well it, that is a reasonable length journey to be making, yeah. so it's yeah, it, it might play a factor. Uh, Perth Duca have got a home tie against Langside. Uh, I believe by the Cricket Scotland website, you mean Ducot. Ducot, because they've spelt Ducot with a double T. Because clearly nobody proofreads the announcements before they send them yeah, out. They got genius with an exclamation mark for Grange, but they can't really spell Duke at night. So, excellent. Yep. Um, and the winner of that tie goes to play Sterling or Ayr. So, a tough tie for the winner um, of that one. Well, I mean, the winner will be Langside. Let's just leave that away. Yeah, probably. But if Duke do manage to, to pull an upset and get through, then it's another very tough tie. Sort of me playing for them this year. So. <laughs> Didn't help them last year either, to be fair. Well, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to convince the umpire to call the game off, so I'm taking that. So we've got two ties, and <laughs> so I'm taking that. Use my umpiring experience. <laughs> um, and then Grange, with their exclamation mark, at home to Meagle. Um, that's a genius. Geni- yeah, yeah, genius, yeah. So, yeah, very tough tie for... Meagle um, heading through to Grange. And then um, what should be a, a winnable tie for Falkland against Stu Mel. Again, especially a home advantage probably will play a part. 
um, in that. Um, so yeah, and Falkland. You pointed out Falkland's two males probably a likely EPL relegation scrap. Yeah, if we go by the form of Falkland, the newly promoted side, Stumel were lucky to survive the back end of last season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so th- I mean, at least well, we've got two SPCA teams already into round two oh, in this area. And, well, Ardroath Foss is an all region tie. So, yeah. we have at least three. Um, and, well, and because of that, we're going to have a guaranteed team in the quarterfinal. Yeah. See how these teams go. I'm trying to think. The last Fors were the last winners in the area, so uh, a couple of years ago. So yep. we'll see how they go. And the winners, the final is always on the 28th of August. That seems a long way from now. Yeah, but we will keep tabs on that competition as it progresses. Yep. Even though I'm not in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, as you mentioned, a little. Uh, time ago, we have got an interview um, for this episode. We do. So we're going to go to that next. So we are delighted to be joined by Barry McGeehy, who uh, is representing Calendar Cricket Club, um, and is going to have a chat with us about uh, where they are as a club and what is on their horizons. So we will share that interview with you now. Hi Barry, thank you very much for joining us. How are you? We're good, thank you for having me on guys. Look forward to this. Good. Yeah, well, thanks yeah. for coming on. Yeah. So um, this is sort of the, the first one in sort of a series of interviews we're going to do where we're focusing on the, the SPCU region. Um, you obviously are a representative from Calendar Cricket Club. Um, so the first thing we kind of like to to know about calendar is the state of play at the club at the moment um obviously we've all had a tough couple of years how's that affected the club um, and how you doing at the moment the club's actually going strong although we've um we've got a bit of a change in dynamics i think everybody's noticing and feeling the effect of the two years we've had no coaching of juniors and such so that conveyor belt's almost stopped so that's affected us a little bit this year in our first team numbers, although the junior numbers are really strong. Um, so as a club, we're going well. Um, we just have to change a little bit of our focus this year. So sadly, coming out of Division 2 cricket, which has gotten to those of us who are still wanting to play that this year, having come so close to flipping Meagle last year to the Division 2 title. Um, but it's just something we felt we had to do. We had to take that little sidestep just to regroup for our for our first team players, but we've got a lot of good youngsters coming through. Women and girls sections going strong as well. That's growing in numbers. So yeah, we 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 back stronger than ever. But we thought rather than fight fight the waves, we'll just take a side step, regroup for that first team, and come back even stronger. Plus, obviously, we'll maybe chat about it later on. There's a there's a lot going on in the background when it comes to home ground and everything. We've with with calendars so yeah there's a lot of exciting things happening in our small little town of i think about three thousand people so is so you say it's taking a side step is that are you guys playing rd cricket this year or are you still division two or what are you guys doing we are doing a bit of a mixture so we're we've got a bit of a 
affiliation with West Quarter and Reading Cricket Club. So in order to keep the players within calendar that want to play that competitive cricket playing at a decent level, we've gone to a player pool with them. So the likes of myself and some of the other stronger players in the club, we're going to help them out with their ESCA division and play competitive Saturday cricket there. And then on the Sunday, we're doing R&D, so recreation development games, social games, friendly games, just of different levels. Because we've got a strong midweek team. So for our Wednesday night, we, we play in the West Stirlingshire League T20 competition, which is a really good league. And you could probably field two teams midweek. Everybody seems to want to play midweek cricket rather than weekend. It's really quite unusual for the dynamic to be that way, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really frustrating at times. Um, so what we've done is we've just reduced the amount of weekend cricket and hopefully to try and get that enthusiasm for it back. So I think that's just been an outcome of COVID, isn't it? Sort of as soon as everybody got let out, was, do you want to go and play cricket on the weekend? And I think most of us blokes got glared at by our wives and girlfriends <laughs> when we've been locked up for six months. You're not going to go play cricket. We're going on holiday or doing <laughs> that. So, um, yeah, I think it's just been an effect of that. Um, it's a bit of a struggle for us as well. We've not had a home, we've not got a home ground. Um, so where everything was kept online, we lost a little bit of that club spirit. Everybody wanted to play cricket, but because we weren't meeting in person and then when lockdown finished, well, first lockdown, how many we had? Um, when the first one finished and clubs got back to playing cricket, we couldn't ground share. So whereas we were playing at Stirling County um, pre-COVID, they got back to training and playing games. Because we weren't members of that club, we weren't allowed to use that facility anymore. So we had no means of training, playing games and things like that. So when other clubs got back, we were a bit long before we could um, actually play yeah. any games. And again, that had a bit of an effect. And we've still got a good, strong core. But I think people just decided, well, there's no games on. We're going to do other things with the family and such. Um, but fingers crossed and touch wood, we're coming out the other end of it now and going into an endemic instead of a pandemic. Um, that we might get that weekend cricket stronger again in numbers. Now the conveyor yeah. belt's going as well. It can be tough when you lose people. I think a lot of clubs find that is once you've lost people to it. I mean, we know it from we've got our sort of midweek social team, and we've got a couple of guys who play cricket and that, and that's the same thing. They've just become so used to not having weekend cricket. They'd maybe like to go back to play it, but I think there's maybe somebody else controlling the it's not really us oldies either us oldies are fine we're, we're, we're itching for that weekend to get out the house and get away from the kids and everybody else but it's, it's, it's that younger core group so we're losing quite a few to university yeah at yeah. the moment so i mean we've, we've had the parson twins and we've got another one's coming through so eve who's been really strong with our women and girls she's off to union dundee calms away to university so we're using losing a core group of players that make up that first team and although we've got other youngsters around that age because they've missed out on almost two years of coaching or sporadic coaching they're not at the stage that maybe the Parsons were when we brought them up into the R&D and then we took them into competitive cricket they're almost two years behind that it's yeah. like, would I throw some of these kids into division two cricket it's like well no they should be and we should have had them there by now but we're having to stick them at the R&D level still just because they've missed they've missed a whole chunk haven't they I mean how many kids have just gone a couple of years without any coaching whatsoever? I mean, we're, we're lucky we've managed to keep indoor stuff going. So we've got got those bits. But 
But yeah, we'll 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 get them back. We'll get them back onto a weekend, and I think the home ground is going to be key for that. Yeah, that's a more focal point. But I suppose we can maybe touch on that at the, probably at the end because I would imagine that was the biggest point, the biggest talking point. <laughs> um, yes. I suppose you talked you talked about some younger players and things. You've got some people moving on and things like that. But I suppose who, if you were to pick of people who are left, you know whether they're coming to the tail end of juniors or sort of younger adult cricketers. Do you think you've got a player to, player to watch at the club? For- um, one who's really come on over the last couple of months and it's it's thanks to Richie at Cali Highlanders who's kept this this young lad involved. Um, he's maybe not been quite, quite at the standard where he'd get into that sort of top 11, 12 players and then played regular, but what he's done is he's kept him involved, helped keep his development. And that's a young lad called Ryan Glenn. And over the last couple of months, the penny sort of dropped with him a little bit. You've probably seen him in, in the indoor stuff that we've yeah. done over the winter mm-hmm. as well. Um, he's he's given up rugby now and concentrating on his cricket. And that's a big, big step for him. Um, so, yeah, one to watch, I would say, Ryan Glenn. I think he's going to go on a sharp upward curve if he sticks with the commitment that he's got at the moment. At the moment yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a good thing, getting them to commit to cricket. I think I know I remember coming through the age groups and that was always a big problem. Is you were always kind of guys are doing football or rugby and things like that and it seemed to be cricket was always the second sport and then getting them to actually commit and take cricket more seriously it seemed to be a really hard thing. So it's a pretty big step. Um, I suppose a follow-on question, I don't know if it really... Works so so well because it would have been who who you're predicting to be a top run scorer and wicket taker. But I suppose we, we've still got some decent players in the club, you know. So we're, <laughs> we've, still got, <laughs> we've still got some trophies to vie for. Um, so I would probably say runs. We're looking at Sedan. Um, you'll know Sedan from the indoor stuff. Hits lots of sixes. Not it hits them over the net. <laughs> so. Um, Sid um, had a, a good season last year. I reckon he's going to go on to bigger and better things. Sort of, he's his fitness is back up. He's he's had injury, shoulder injury problems over the last couple of seasons, but he seems to be managing that a lot better. So, Sedan run wise, and we've got Kiwi. So, it happens to be Ryan Ryan's dad, Ian Glenn. He's a Kiwi. Funny enough, um, he's itching to break Kyle Allen's wicket. Hold for a season. He came close last year. So Kyle Allen's the current record holder. I think he took 29 wickets in a season. Um, Kiwi took 26 last year. So wasn't happy with that. So this year he's itching to go and break Kyle's record. So wickets, I'm tipping him to do it. I reckon he can do it. If he's keen for a record as well, and I mean, the end of the tail will be like warming up for a second spell. That's like just get me back on. <laughs> Well, Kyle can't quit, can't commit as much this year either, so he's not going to play as many games. So if he's got a chance to do it, it's going to be this year when Kyle's not playing, because normally Kyle's up there in those in those twenties and pushing him. So I think he's going to take advantage of man down. I think. <laughs> well, it's good though to hear that even if you know it sounds like you made a pretty sensible call, you know, taking a sort of side step from Saturday cricket as a club, it's good. But I think it's great that you've got a partnership to actually, you know, to keep people interested because I think sometimes partnership working hasn't always been cricket club's greatest strength, I think it would be fair to say in Scotland. So it's good positive that you guys are able to do that. 
Well, I think it's key. With clubs coming out, I mean, we're not going to be the only ones that are possibly... I mean, I we've got a first team that I could look at the sheet and go, right, there's my 11. But are they all available? And that's the issue sure. we're going to have yeah. is, can we regularly, week in, week out, get 11 on the paper rather than spending the whole week chasing? And and we've gone into the partnership because West Quarter, they, they had similar issues towards the back end of last season. So we thought well, rather than two captains or fixture secretaries running around trying to get 11 people on on the pitch let's take 12 months to regrow those adult sections we'll come together and it was it was escorts or strathmore and so we'll support them with that um in exchange we're going to use their ground for recreational games and such as well which is good oh it's good good yeah. to hear good to work both ways i guess so i suppose that neatly brings us on to the ground situation it's something we've alluded to a couple of times Calendar have big plans for a home ground. Um, can you tell us a bit more about those plans? Yeah, so it's been, if anything, COVID's allowed us to focus on this, but it also highlighted the fact that we need a home ground. Coming out of COVID and nowhere for people yeah. to congregate and come together. But we partnered with the football club, which a lot of people have gone, you've done what? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you going with a football club? But they're in the exact same situation. So they have they play their games and they've got the training facilities at McLaren Leisure up there, but they introduced their junior section a couple of years back and it's just exploded. So they don't have enough space up there to give, A, play the number of games they need to in a week, um, but also for training-wise, the numbers are just too much. So that's sped up their need for a home ground um, because they, they don't have their own home either. So we're the two clubs in Canada that don't have a home. Um, so we locked heads together and we're just going, look, there's a mutual thing that we need here. How How is it going to work? And, you know, once we spoke, we realised the two clubs have it very similar aims. Youth-driven, community-driven, um, um, really wanting to do more than their actual sport. We always, what's that phrase, more than a cricket club? I hate that phrase because everybody uses it now, but it gets it across, doesn't it? Yeah. So you're trying yeah. to do more within the community, do more than bring the benefits that sport brings with it. And we very rapidly found out that the two clubs have the exact same ideals. So it, it just went hand in hand. Um, a couple of plots of land came available within Canada. Um, one turned out not to be feasible at all, even though it was an absolute massive piece of land. Um, but there'd be a lot of red tape with it, access problems, things like that. So we reverted to a plot of land that Drummond Estate have got and we're now trying to purchase that land. We've, we've, we've agreed a price with them. We're now trying to get to that. But in order to facilitate it, the two clubs have created a new charity for the actual town. So Cross Six and Teeth Community Support and Social Hub. So as well as providing a home for football and for cricket, it's going to give that community and social aspect to it as well. So the other things that the clubs want to do, it's going to give us that. So... Yeah, it's, it's driving on. We got charity status just over two weeks ago. So that was a big step for us. Um, our stage one application to the land fund has gone in um, to get some development funding. Everything that comes in. It's only when you start these projects, you think it's a great idea. Then <laughs> you realise that you're you're one man, you're, you're, you're away in a hotel all week and you've still got to try and find how to do flood risk assessments and surveys and speak to all this so <laughs> all those jobs come out you need this you need that and it's like so it's an absolute huge project that's going on we've um 
but we've got some good support. We've got some good trustees on board with the charity as well. So we've got a timeline. We're hoping to have this land this year um, and then 12 to 18 months of development. So in line with us taking that sidestep with the first team, 2024 is when we're looking to sort of a re-enter that competitive division, having rebuilt, but also have a home ground, which I know wherever we go, even when we come to you guys and such, one day we'll, we'll get to come and play a game in calendar. Well, hopefully 2024 is that year. Um, so there's, we're working hard towards it. We've got a lot of support for it um, from the local residents, local community. And yeah, there's a lot of money to raise. <laughs> we've got to find a lot yeah, of money. I can and, and, and we've got to do a lot of a lot of paperwork and applications and forms and everything. But we're getting some good pledges in. We're, we're getting some pledges in already um, in support, not just um, verbal support, but also financial support. We've got some some interested parties throwing a little bit of money behind as well going, we've pledged this. So That's it's, all it's all positive. No, it sounds excellent. And the thing is, I know what you said about sort of more than a cricket club, so sort of perhaps it's become a bit cliche now, but I think that's um, a massive thing, though, is that what well, is actually that it becomes a club and there's a community around the club because I think, my personal view on cricket in Scotland is I think there are a lot of clubs, but in reality, they are teams or a collection of teams yeah. or bodies yeah. there's no there's no real community to it and actually there's some very thriving clubs in Scotland that are based in unlikely places you know I suppose somewhere like a Falkland kind of springs to mind that's you know kind yeah. of similar to yourselves I'm sure in kind of populations call upon and things like that but there's actually a club there so I think it is maybe with you know that I know we use term now but I think that's kind of the way forward the way yeah, it's successful. I think you probably, well, there's actually not a bad way of putting it. There are maybe more teams than there are clubs. And I think that's the ethos that we're trying to get is, is that club aspect in there. Um, because as I say, we're strong I and mean, we're focusing on our juniors and our women and girls this year, which which are growing from strength to strength. And that's, that's the lifeblood. You know what I mean? But even just that connection with the football club, the conversations we're having when we sit down, we've got their members going, well, we'll come and do your your tees on the Sunday or the Saturday when 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 you're playing, we'll 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 do all that stuff so you don't have to run around and we'll like we'll we'll support you guys on your match days. You know what I mean, we, we do your water boys and make your lunches, your teas, whatever's going on, so support each other that way. But that in itself is attracting members because now you've got football players going. You know what? I've got nothing on a Sunday. I might actually just come down and take part in one of these recreational games. Yeah, and that's where it starts, isn't it? We all know that's where it starts. They start with the recreation games, we'll have a little bit of fun, and then that competitive streak comes out and goes, right, <laughs> I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a couple of lads in our team that are a bit like that. They were total non-crickers, and then they kind of get the bug. But, and that's the key, getting them involved. And however you can get them involved is that Have that central point, and that's what we need, is that central point within calendar, because they all know we exist. We're a very active club within the community. They know that the cricket's there. They see us up at the, the leisure centre and all that. They see us all over social media. So they know we exist. But existing online and seeing the team in person playing a game of cricket in the middle of the town, completely yeah. different, isn't it? And, that, and that's the bit that we're missing. It's the same with the football club. They play at McLaren Leisure Centre, not in the centre of town. So again, unless you're physically active and you're going to go to the leisure centre for, for a gym workout on a Saturday, which... 
don't think I know many friends that actually do that. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> any day. It's Saturdays, not gym days. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And so unless you're going up that way, you're not going to go and watch them, are you? You're not going to stop and sort of watch. But the bit of land that we've got is next to the largest residential area in Canada, right at the back where the playground is and such. So it's all full of families and, and, and young. So so they're going to see it out their back window. They're going to, the kids are going to be in the park seeing cricket happening, seeing football playing. That in itself is, you know, huge for growing the memberships and just getting that bite. Yeah, you've got the, the ability for people to come across you by accident. Um, rather than them sort of having to seek you out, I suppose. Um, yeah. And it's, that is a huge thing. Increase your visibility and increase the likelihood of someone just seeing you and going, I fancy that. Yeah, that sounds like very exciting times. And to be fair, it's 2024. Some people, it probably sounds like, um, you know, that's ages away. But, I mean, I'm somebody that I've done charity work work for a housing developer I know how long these things you know these things do not happen overnight I might be calling on you very soon you fill out that bit of paper <laughs> but yeah so these things and I mean even just getting a wicket right you know Usable, yeah. that, that's not an overnight job either. So, no, no, we've got that 10 year plan, and again, we've had to sort of rein the football club in a little bit as well. Going in two years, rather this in two years, you're not going to have all that. So, you're not even going to have a clubhouse in two years' time. What you'll have is a flat bit of ground, that yeah, you know, yeah. junior cricket on, and is flat enough for us to get an official pitch on, and, and we're away, and maybe it's a porter cabin and some portal loos or things like that. In 10 years' time, we hope to have everything then put in so but, it's, but yeah it takes time and two years will just absolutely fly by I mean we've got we've got time scales now Scottish Land Fund was due tomorrow and we've literally just got it in tonight because again they're trying to speed us up because of the time that we've got to purchase the land in and that so yeah it's it'll fly by. So the long-term aim sort of a full grass square <laughs> as well as an, a, an artificial wicket as well? Yeah, so um, the football club have got aspirations of going up their leagues as well. So we're very much looking at when we come in, come back into Division Two, as not just being a Division Two team. We want to attract stronger players in when we when we have the ground. We're looking for bringing in amateurs and that as well because we want to go up the divisions. Okay, so yeah. we're very much Division Two targeting Division One, um, but also going forward, we want teams to be able to come and play as women and girls is strong in calendar. We want the ability to attract the women's national team to come and play some games at the ground. It's big enough. The space that we're looking at and the facilities that we're looking at, we're hoping to attract some of this stuff as well. I mean, bring some of that stuff into calendar, make it a bit more visible. And I know Calendar Thistle Football Club themselves are wanting to go up the divisions for that. They need a high standard of pitch. So it's very much high-end facilities and clubhouse that we're looking at. So, no. Hopefully, and is hopefully it up there to rival a Duke at Clubhouse yeah. when we get it? But we're in a national <laughs> park, so we've got to make it. <laughs> yeah, rivaling their Clubhouse—that's ambitious because I think the Duke at Clubhouse is—it's uh, one of the best in the country, isn't it? <laughs> it is. We're we're modelling around it. Yeah, yeah. We're in, we're in the national park, so we've got to meld into the into the background. Permissions on there, so it, it won't just be a plain brick prefab house that goes up all that it's 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 right next to the river teeth as well so well as you call and duke it out now let's call and duke it out now that's it that's it <laughs> <laughs> we're coming for your clubhouse 
think we've got Rory who gets captain coming on his pizzas in a couple of weeks' time, so let's see what he's going to say about that. Yeah, what he says when we lay down the gauntlet. We'll <laughs> 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 just beat your clubhouse and your food. Oh, dear. Well... No, it's, it, it's, it's really positive to hear something like this happening in Scottish cricket, um, you know, and really wish you guys all the best with that. Um, and I'm sure if there's anything, you know, as the time comes up, you're doing fundraising or whatever, I'm sure, you know, happily give you guys some shout outs. I'm sure people would love to, you know, get behind you guys and rally around. No, we look forward to it. It's always, it's always good news for Scottish cricket to grow it, to grow the game. That's what we want in the end of the day, isn't it? The more people playing, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so thank you very much for joining us, Barry. And uh, yeah, once again, um, all the best uh, with the, the club's ventures over the next couple of years. No, cheers for having me on, guys. It's, it's been a pleasure and we'll keep you updated, if that's for sure. You won't miss us on social media very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Barry for joining us there for that interview. Good to have a chat with a club that seems to be going places. Um, and one of the big things about them is their new ground. Um, and I think that ties in quite nicely to Andrew. You had spotted something going on on Twitter about a ground in America, I think it was. Yeah, it was. It was, and actually I just retweeted again something um, earlier this evening as we record um, as the sort of major league cricket publish an update on the various grounds that are going to be built or are being built um, to host their, their Major League Cricket Tournament. Um, and I was looking at these, what are fairly basic grounds, in that there's maybe one or two stands and then grass bankings. Actually, you know, not dissimilar to Mount Manganui in yeah. New Zealand, um, which is on our TV screens at the moment with the Women's World Cup. Um, and it got me thinking, how good would it be for Cricket Scotland to take the steps to invest in a facility like that? And how much of an impact would a facility like that have on our quest to becoming a, a test nation? Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that I thought would be an excellent idea to have an actual national ground. Um, I mean, I'd actually take it a step further than that. I'd almost like to see a sort of a facility kind of thing, but that's maybe a sort of down the road. Aspiration yeah. More land, it's more cost and things like that. Um, but yeah, I think just having a national ground because I think then when you host matches, it's you know you've got one core place. I know that there's an argument to say the Grange does it. Yeah. Just now, um, but. Yeah, I think it would just be good to have a place that is Cricket Scotland's own place. And they've got full control over the pitches, full control over all of the revenue and all that. I don't know exactly how the ins and outs work for that because I'm using the Grange. But um, yeah, and I think it's just, it's also quite a sort of bold statement for advertising the game and how, you know, if it's somewhere that people can see, and yeah. the stadium kind of stands out. One thing that the Grange does kind of suffer from in its location is it's kind of pucked off down, you know, side street a yep. um, And you don't necessarily notice it if you don't know it's there because it's in behind houses on two sides and then... It's got high, high walls on either side of it as well. Yeah, it's 
pretty much the, the folk walking down the bottom end, uh, sort of through the trees. Yeah. Know, like the only people in the scene or something. So, yeah, I think it would just be quite a bold statement. And it would sort of maybe help in our own country for people to take the sport a bit more seriously as well. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, because then you've got that sort of identifiable place of, you know, that is our national stadium. Um, it's even simple things like it, having a couple of small stands there. Obviously, the Grange, when it's hosting bigger games, it's temporary stands come in. The ground around is quite flat as well. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I love a cricket stadium that's got grass banking. I just think it looks absolutely fantastic. So I would love to see just a couple of simple stands that maybe hold, I don't know, two, three thousand between them. Maybe even not as much as that. I don't even know if you need two. I mean, I think a sort of a clubhouse, you know, a sort of pavilion type stand that has, that is a permanent feature. And then even if you grasp banking the rest of it, because you can put the temporary, you see that in some of these Yeah. Almost temporary stand on top of the banking. Yeah, I'd like to see one sort of. Yeah, I get the sort of pavilion stand, but I would like to see one permanent spectator stand oh, to I the others, like separate as well. Terms, but but I'd be talking yeah. Like a bigger stand that's sort of taking in the pavilion as well. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I do, I do well, get yeah, you, I mean, but that's a personal preference thing, I guess. Um, but yeah, I would just love to see that vision and that boldness come from Cricket Scotland to say this is what we're going to do, this is the statement that we are making because it feels like that is what American cricket is doing and if I'm being honest, if I had to place a bet of who's going to have test status first, I'm back in America with the way that they're going. Well I suppose it's full member status is the sort of the key yeah. thing to it now and I think, I think actually while historically it was very much about test status I think what you're maybe seeing is that the, I think the full member status is becoming something slightly different. Mm. Afghanistan and Ireland aren't necessarily going to try and play the number of tests that other nations do. Or they're going to try, but they're maybe not going to play the yeah. Um, so yeah, so the, the fact is now that change of shift, I actually think, yeah, especially someone like in America or I don't know, some other, somewhere else kind of a bit more left field that could burst on the scene it opens up the doors more for it. I mean, yeah, if they've got four stadiums, you know, it's not just four grounds like Namibia have, it, or it's four stadiums. Yeah. It's kind of hard not to take that seriously. Um, and, yeah, I just think there's... It's a difficult one. People like going to, like, other grounds and all this kind of stuff. And, I, yeah, I just like the idea of a national stadium. I think it's... it's Fortress, you kind of build that fortress mentality as well. Like yeah. You're coming to, I don't know, yeah, Thistle Oval or whatever. <laughs> Thistle Oval. <laughs> you just, you flatten in the Stirling Shopping Centre. <laughs> ideal location. That's where Cricket Scotland, because I think Cricket Scotland, to be fair, them had an idea something similar to this apart from before, yeah. I believe, at Stirling. Yeah. Um, I think Stirling was kind of viewed as, as quite a central point. Um, and I suppose there's that, it not being in Edinburgh, which has long been seen as the sort of stronghold of Scottish cricket, maybe appeals to the non-Edinburgh people as well. Um, so I'm yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with it being in Edinburgh, but 
Uh, yeah, I just I'd like to see a stadium. Uh, I think. Get it on the north end. There's a grass bank there already. Just build a stadium. Or sort it. Yeah. Stand up. No, yeah. Let's uh, extend around it. Just say it's flood defence works or something. Yeah. I mean, still need more flood defence works because it's still floods. So. <laughs> well, yeah. there we go. Then we can we can pair it up. Part of it. Um, <laughs> I mean, Barry, he'll know all about all the forms that we need to fill in, so he'll be all right. He can tell us what, what we need to fill in, we'll just get it done. Yep, yeah, so we're going to get this stadium done. But yeah, no, I genuinely serious, I do think it's something that over the next five years or so, Scotland should really be considering, is putting the, the plans in place to get a national stadium for our cricket team uh, in place. Yeah, and I think that's I think an important thing as well. It's, it's not just for men's internationals either this should no. be playing it should also be the place that you know hosts all the finals that hosts the women's team probably hosts age group as well age, maybe not all the age group cricket you know especially yeah. at some points in the schedule that probably doesn't work but you know if you've got you could almost get at certain points in the summer you can almost end up with a game every day across all the scotland mm. yeah all that so you, you want it to be that prestige and i think at very least all the finals and the full internationals on both the men's and women's sides are played at a stadium and i think there's that whole thing of like you have that stadium that you look up to sort of think of the hamden yeah football and it okay, queen's, queen's park kind of spoil it a bit but well not anymore no not anymore but <laughs> sort of historically but the top standard footballer, the only because you weren't likely to play at Queen's Park, yeah. the only realistic way you were getting to Hamden was making a semi-final final or playing for Scotland. Yeah. And I just think as a kid it gives you that place that you want to go and play. The reality of it is if Scotland are playing most of their games at the Grange or Manorfield or you know, any of these other grounds that they go to, guys are playing there in the league. Yeah. Like, I just think it doesn't same special place. So. Yeah, absolutely. But do we believe the boldness exists for such a project to happen? I mean, in fairness, Cricket Scotland have got a lot on their plate at the moment. Um, but I think that they will come out at the other side of that. And I, I think there almost has to be like a big ticket project on the other side. But it, I suppose to, to go back to suppose what you know sort of like the ICT Academy I think yeah. for Man I'm sure they've got like two ovals sort of side by side yeah. things like that because that's what I'm thinking I'm like oh man I've got a stadium because even like on Twitter I saw Rwanda have got this like amazing like club <laughs> with, like these three they almost look like chimney kind of I think they're meant to like a sort of play on a tribal hut kind of thing right um, and it's even things like that and it just feels like you know, where is that in this country, like there just doesn't seem yeah. like there's a reliance on Grange providing it. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it would be great, great to see it. Um, and as I say, it would be a sort of statement to to the rest of the cricketing world of actually we are a nation that's here to be taken seriously. Yeah, and it also t- says to people, I think you know, you need to come here because we've got a proper facility that we're trying to come and play at. We're not. Yeah. Guys want to play at Lords, but you know, I, I'd like to see it. Yeah. Get it done. 
We have to do it. We get the naming rights. <laughs> <laughs> the Dibbly Dobblers Cricket Academy. Aye. Just <laughs> producing Dibbly Dobblers for years to come. Well, we definitely <laughs> have to put a roof on it and call it the Dibbly Dobbler Dome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm here for it. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it'd be so American. Well, we're taking this inspiration from Major League Cricket. Yeah. <laughs> and really practical in Scottish conditions. <laughs> Fantastic. Money is why we don't do that. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Abramovich. <laughs> anyway. Is that us? I think that's us. But it's good to see lots going on in Scottish cricket. Yeah. And I think over the coming weeks, this is going to be hopefully getting, starting to gear up for the season. So getting a couple more chats in with clubs. Got at least another one lined up in a couple of weeks. Hopefully get another one in. Hopefully touch wood for, for next week. But if not... If you get your finger out your backside. Uh, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> don't get too hopeful then. So we'll have no chat next week. Casting up. Casting up, whatever. Yeah. If uh, anyone on Twitter, if you've ever heard the term cast up, can you please let us know? Because Andrew said that earlier when off air when we were talking to Barry, and Barry and I were very confused about what that meant. So, at DibDobPod. At DibDobPod, indeed. Or in the comments on YouTube. Uh, on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And if you offer us a favour on there, I will cast it up. So... Someone offers you a favour. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, you've taken that a different way. <laughs> right. On that note, we are done. We'll uh, we'll speak to you next week. Bye bye. bye.